it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. All right, Lauren Grace here, and welcome to the show. I'm joined today by Nikki Vasconis. Nikki is joining me to talk about all things animal communication. As a professional animal communicator, she can connect you with your animal living or deceased to see what they have to say. Through her own mental thoughts and images, she can actually ask your animal how it's feeling, what they need, and she receives answers via thoughts, images, feelings, sense, and even sounds. She can actually feel pain in her body when they're experiencing pain, and she may see an image of a person who is important to them, smell their favorite food, and see their favorite place, as well as joy or sadness that they may be feeling. So in this conversation, we're going to explore all things animals. We're also going to be talking to Nikki about whether or not she has always been an animal communicator. Potentially, she had a career before this, and she may have transitioned, spoiler alert. And we're going to be finding out whether or not Nikki's got some tips and tricks on how you can connect with your own animal at home, whether or not the type of animal gives her different types of information, and what type of animal is her favorite one to connect with, or are they all the same? Nikki is joining me from her home in Pennsylvania, where she lives with her husband and her teacup poodles, Donald and Merlin. Nikki, welcome to the show. Nice to meet you. I'm Thank so you. excited to talk about animals. Thank you, Lauren. Me as well. So thanks for having me. The Afterlight actually has an animal mascot. It's my uh, cockapoo, George, and he is uh, half a poodle, oh. half a cocker spaniel. So he uh, he very often uh, yeah, shows up on social media and uh, it's a wonderful thing. So I love speaking about all things animals. So why don't we go back to the uh, beginning for a minute? Have you always had a connection sure. with animals or is this something that has sort of started in recent years? So I've always loved animals, um, but growing up, like we had a dog, I really I had hamsters, I had guinea pigs, bunnies, but I never talked to them, or at least I'm sure I, I was, but I wasn't doing it like I am now. So I really didn't even know animal communication existed until probably my mid-20s. And we can all do it. All of us can talk to animals. It's just reawakening the power within us. So it's not a gift. We can all do it. Um, but it wasn't until I found out about it and read book after book after book and then just practiced for like a year with every animal, anyone that had an animal let me practice. So really it just took a lot of practice, but no, I didn't grow up doing this. So I guess I'm kind of interested. You do, you did sort of mention that this is something that we all can do and that it's not necessarily mm -hmm. a gift, although you could say it's a gift if you kind of develop it and open up to it potentially. Um, it's funny because I got a puppy, George, a couple of months ago now, and Sometimes when he looks at me, I pretend or make up in my head what I think he's saying to me. So is that kind of where it begins or is it a little bit more complicated than that? <laughs> no, it's really that simple because you know what, I mean, okay, it's harder to connect with our own because we're emotionally invested, right? We care about them. So like with my own animals, if there's something health-wise going on, I can't do it because I care about the outcome. So I kind of get in my own head. But like what you said with George, there's probably so many times where you knew he wanted to go on a walk, or maybe you had a thought that his water bowl was empty and you went over it and it kind of was empty and you had to refill it. Um, and the same thing happens like when you're about to go to the vet or the groomer, maybe he goes and hides because he knows where you're about to go. Or like if you think about, oh, I'm going to go take him on a walk now. And then he starts freaking out when you never even said it. So like it really is that simple. <laughs> 
That's so funny. I think that sometimes people think in their heads that they're making this stuff up. I mean, sometimes when he's mm-hmm. meeting, I feel like I can hear him going, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> you know? And, you know, I, I think it's easily that I could be like, I'm just adding that narrative because sometimes I think about animals in terms of animation movies, just because they all have their own little mm-hmm. personality and character. So when are you able to kind of start to decipher, at least for your own self and in your own journey, whether or not the information that you were starting to receive from animals was legitimately coming from them or whether or not you were maybe imparting your own take on it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So for me, like I mentioned a little bit ago, I did for like eight months, I did free readings for everybody. And it was people I didn't know. It was actually when my acupuncturist um, sees a ton of people. So everyone that would come in with an animal, she would say, hey, uh, do you, can can this person that I know do a free reading? So I didn't know these people at all. So all I got was the animal's picture, name, and the person's email to send them the communication. So I went into this knowing nothing. And I just asked for feedback because the number one thing is we can, like I said, we can all do it, but it takes practice, but you have to build the confidence. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about being right or getting it right, or am I going to say this wrong? You're going to block all intuitive flow. So for me, it just took practice and hearing feedback from the people to build the confidence. Mm. And then I started learning to trust what I get quicker. Like something would come in, but then my human brain would be like, wait a minute. Well, like, did they really say that? Am I sure? You know, like if specific things would come through in the beginning, like if, for example, the dog said, I don't like my mom smoking. I'd be like, ow, what if she doesn't smoke? You know, (laughs) but the more you, the more you do it, you learn to just trust what you get. Um, and this, your second part of that is how do you know it's not just you? So the other day I was actually doing a communication and I had a thought like right before I started it. And I was like, ah, eh, I think that was me. And it turned out it was because then I forgot about that, continued on my communication, asked the question I was thinking about before I connected and the animal had a different answer. So you just get better with it, just like anything else with practice. I think too, it's about vulnerability, isn't it? It's about allowing yourself to maybe be to maybe be wrong and knowing that mm-hmm. that's not such a big deal. Cause at least you're putting yourself in the arena. Yeah, definitely. That, that right there sums it all up because you're going to be wrong sometimes because sometimes the images come through and I have to translate what they're saying. So sometimes this is a good example. I, I talked to a cow in the very, very beginning. His name was Zabu. This massive cow. He was tiny then he's huge. Now he's like a horse, but he told me that he loved eating ice cream. And I was fairly certain he wasn't eating ice cream, um, but I don't know. So I said, I said, he likes eating ice cream. And it turns out what he was actually doing is every day his mom was taking him for a walk through the ice cold stream and he would stop in the water and drink. So I learned from that because what he actually told me was I like something I'm eating that's cold, but my human brain was like, Oh, ice cream. Trying to fill it in. Things like that. The more, the more you do it, the more you learn to say exactly what you receive and not what your human brain kind of translates it into. But that's a good example. I was quote unquote wrong. But yeah. the human still got the message. She still got the message and she was thrilled to know that Zabu was liking walking through the stream, you know, so yeah. it's getting over the fear, like you said. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, in this conversation today, I'm going to ask you some of the coolest animals that you've spoken to. I mean, you did just mention a cow there. I do want to talk to you whether or not you have some tips and tricks on separation anxiety, which I know a lot of people are dealing with with uh, regards to their animals and maybe some tips and tricks Mm -hmm. on communicating with your own animal. But before we go to that, I do want to ask you whether or not you had a career previously to stepping into being an animal communicator full time. And I'm, I'm just interested a little bit in your story and you know how you came to back yourself sure so I actually started as a litigation attorney in center city Philadelphia which is about 40 45 to an hour from where I live which is literally the complete opposite of talking to animals and I never liked it but you know when you're growing up it's like what am I supposed to do when I grow up and I was like let's go to law school why not um crazy so I'm going to court every day I'm walking through center city and every day I would just stop and like sit with the birds <laughs> and I would like get to court the last possible minute. Cause I didn't want to be around other lawyers. I didn't want to be around the judges. I just didn't even want to be in that scene. Cause it was just so tense and just not fun. So I'd be sitting outside the courthouse, just chatting with the birds. And slowly I started bettering my health and juicing and all this stuff that kind of reawakens our spirit. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, my commute was like an hour and 40 minutes one way. So there and back, it was crazy. 
Um, so I started doing animal communication, like reading books and all of that in my, in my free time. And then I started doing the practice sessions with clients. And then I was doing, then I went down to part-time lawyer, part-time animal communicator. And I got to a point where I really couldn't excel anymore in the animal communication because a lot of my time and energy was going to being a lawyer in court for me was stressful. I wasn't, I just didn't like it. It wasn't something that flew that was easy and, and like, it didn't just, it wasn't flowing for me. So it took a lot of energy and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to quit. And I'm doing full-time my own thing. And it's been amazing ever since. I love how you said that you just gave away a really big nugget of wisdom there, which is that it wasn't flowing. I think so often we do get mm -hmm. caught up in doing things because we've already committed or I've already spent all the money on my education yep. or all these people expect me to do this thing. Uh, and the minute it becomes difficult, stressful, or not flowing, that's really a mm -hmm. sign to get out. So how did people around you react when you said, I've decided I'm going to be a full-time animal communicator. I mean, surely people in your, your <laughs> in, involved in the so, litigation world would have been like, what? <laughs> so it, I cut my, so I have like the most supportive parents and husband ever. So like my parents were like, wanted me to be happy no matter what, but you could tell they were kind of like, what? Like, and my mom was more fun. Mom was like, yeah, sure. My dad is like, are you sure? But like totally for it because he wanted me to be happy. Um, but I kind of eased into it. So I was litigation attorney. And then I suddenly just quit before the animal stuff and went to a wellness center making like, I took like a million dollars, not million. I wish I took a huge pay cut mm. and worked at a wellness center made like nothing. And it was awesome. Mm. Then I got back into the law and I was like, what am I doing? So I kind of like eased my way out of the law. And then I like worked at a juice bar for a little bit. And I was like, okay, this, I can't like sustain myself on this. Um, so my husband was all for it. You know, like he's kind of weird too. Like everyone's like, what do you guys do? <laughs> but I just had a really supportive crew. I mean, some people, they were like, you're doing what? And then I tell them and they're like, they try and sound like they're being supportive. And they're like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, like, and then they're all like, well, like, you know, keep your degree because you, maybe you, you always had that to go back to. And yeah. I'm like, no, like, I don't want to go back to that. You know, but like you said yeah. earlier, it's most of us do things because we're expected, but yeah. it's, it's not, we're not living our life the way we want. Yeah. Yeah. Or we don't realize that, you know, we can change at any time <laughs> that, you know, we have a limited yes. amount of human years here that, you know, it's up to you how yep. you want to live them out. Have you always been a spiritual person? No, not really. And it, it really all kind of happened when I left being a lawyer, because then I allowed myself to open up to like what I really wanted to do and who I was. Um, I, like I mentioned, I had some dogs growing up, but I wasn't really connected to them much. Like I, you know, they were like, Oh, a nice dog, but it wasn't <laughs> like how I am now. Like my dogs are my world, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, like I wasn't into any of this stuff until it just happened when I just allowed the doors to open. That's so cool. And how did you feel exploring? It's kind of like, I guess we could just use the metaphor of Pandora's box, you know, when it's almost as though there, I guess the way that I look at it is there's this magical world that is existing all around us and people can speak with animals and there are angels and elementals mm -hmm. and spirit guides that we can tap into and miracles that we can create. And yet there's this whole part of the population that doesn't realize that all these fantasies and magical happenings are actually real. How did you feel when you sort of started unraveling all of this? It just really opened my eyes to the amazing possibilities that our that, that is right in front of us at all times. Like literally anything is possible. Yeah. And in starting my own business, like it was scary at first because I went from having a salary and I could make commission to, you know, every two weeks it was a set pay to, oh, now I like might not get paid if clients don't come in, you know? So it was a little scary, Yeah. but then I really learned the power of thought and we have our angels and our spirit guides and we are so deeply connected to source and our guides and our angels. And like, if we ask they will help us. We just have to ask. And I wasn't asking for the first 25 years of my life, you yeah. know, but then once you ask, it's like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're eating pizza every day and you're super unhealthy and you don't feel good. You don't have to be like this super spiritual. Oh, I just only juice and don't eat, you know, like <laughs> 
if you just ask, they're going to come to you. Yeah. So do you have like a method in which you ask your spirit guides? Do you have a prayer that you do every morning? Do you just say, Hey, y'all, can you help me with this particular thing today? Or do you have a ritual that you practice? Meditation has, this is funny. Meditation has always been something that I can't seem to like get in the groove with like a specific meditation. I, I, I dabbled with transcendental meditation for a while, but I don't have like a set thing I do every day. But what I do is I see the signs they're giving me. So for me personally, my guides have communicate, they communicate with me through numbers. There's a series of numbers that I always see. A certain series of numbers means stop what you're doing. Another series is like, cool. And then I just realized this, I always see this number 717. And for years, I didn't know what that was. I was like, well, I couldn't figure out what it meant. And then I started having the sense that it was like, had to do with the animals. And because I would, when I was doing my communications, I would sit, I would center myself. I would call in my angels to like, come in and help me. And I started realizing like one angel was predominant and it was like the essence behind me seeing 717. And then my sister said, mentioned something about Doreen Virtues. I think that's her name. I, I heard of her. I never knew really what she was. So I was like, I'm just going to look her up and see what 717 is. And it said like moving forward confidently in the direction that you're going. And at that time, that word confidently really was what I needed to hear because I was doubting my communications. Am I really doing this? Am I getting it right? So for me, it was just um, seeing the signs that I'm given. And for me, it's numbers. And then just doing everything I can in the, in my life to, to, to be the best, you know, for me, like if I don't eat right one day, I, I feel it in my communications. I don't feel as grounded. Mm. So, you know, you talked about having numbers that, you know, will say go or stop basically. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that one of the things that we all do is we all develop a, a language and a bit of a connection and a roadmap, so to speak, with our spirit team. So is it the same sort of process Mm -hmm. for you in relation to animal communication? Or, you know, you you mentioned reading a lot of books and finding out how to uh, communicate with animals. So do Mm -hmm. people communicate with animals similar in similar ways? Or is it sort of the same thing? You mean in the same way as like we connect with our guides? Is that what you mean? I guess it's kind of like, do you have your own language for communicating with animals versus somebody else who communicates with animals? Is it important to oh, kind I understand. Of find your own path? So um, I don't really know because I don't personally know other animal communicators. What I do is some animal communicators I know will ask the animal a question and will write the answer. Like they're silent the whole time. I cannot write. It totally takes me out of the flow. So what I do is I sit, my eyes are shut and I'm speaking and I'm recording myself. So I will ask the question out loud for the benefit of the human that's going to be listening. And I'll wait to get the animal's answer and I'll say the answer out loud. So if I were to write it down and then give the person a written report, we would get nowhere because me writing, it just blocks the flow. So I speak the whole time. So for me, I ask the question in human words and then I receive their answer and give it back in human words. Sometimes I have to ask the animal clarifying questions. What are you showing me? Because if they, if they show me like this feeling of joy, like they might show me an event, but the purpose of them showing me that event is just to convey the emotion of happiness. Mm. So I need to clarify, okay, are you actually showing me a little kid jumping on a trampoline or are you trying to convey the joy and excitement that a child would feel jumping on a trampoline? Oh, beautiful. So for me, I talk to them like I'm talking to you. Love that. Okay. So I guess when you're talking to animals, you are often talking to animals that aren't necessarily in the room with you. Right. So somebody might connect with you and they send you a photo and then you're able to telepathically link with that animal. Can you talk to me a bit about that process? Sure. So I do all of my communications solely through a picture. I don't do any in-person communications. And the reason for that is I think it's easier for me and the animal to kind of connect in because I'm in my own space. It's quiet. The animal's not distracted by who are you? Why are you here? What do you want? You know, so it's easier for all parties. So I just look at a picture and I tap right in. So whether they're living or in spirit, it's the exact same protocol that I follow. Okay, fantastic. So does the person give you a whole bunch of questions or do they normally say to you, just tell me what you what you get or do you know do they have a purpose for communicating with their animal is it fun is it something that the animal might be struggling with an issue or an ailment so it's all of the above so i don't ask the only information i ask for ahead of time 
is the human's name, the animal's name, the animal's gender, and a picture. That's it. I don't want to know anything else. I don't want to know age. I don't want to know breed. I don't want to know anything because then if I, if I know they don't like other dogs and I tell you, oh, your dog doesn't like other dogs. Well, duh, I told you that, you know, it's not as fun. <laughs> so if they want to submit specific questions, they can. And then I always start the communication off, not knowing anything. I don't look at their questions ahead of time. I go into it and I ask the same questions for every animal. I start off, you know, um, I do a body scan. So I go over their whole body to see if they have any pain or discomfort. I ask about their food, their bedding, their home, if they have any likes or dislikes within the home, what they want to do, what we can do to improve their life. And then once we get all of that background out of the way, not out of the way, but covered, then I go look at their humans questions. If any, some submit questions, some don't. And then if there are specific questions, we'll go into those. Um, some people submit the animal with no questions. They just want to know what their animal has to say. Some have some health issues going on. So they have specific questions about that, but it's really just a wide array of all of it. Mm. One of the things that a lot of people are dealing with, and I know this because as getting a puppy, I've joined puppy support groups online so I can see the trends. <laughs> mm -hmm. And especially when you think about COVID and a lot of people working from home. So a lot of animals or at least their humans are dealing with separation anxiety. So I was just wondering whether or not that's something that might come up in a particular reading is separation anxiety really coming from the animal or are they mirroring their humans anxiety? And also, can you work with an animal strictly on communicating with them about this to resolve the issue? Yeah, totally. So what you, I'm laughing because what you said is the animal separation anxiety or the humans separation anxiety. Yeah. And m most of the time it's the humans because not shouldn't say it's, it's a good mix of both, but our animals are so deeply connected to us. So they kind of take on our ailments. Like you said, they mirror what's going on. So like, mm -hmm. you know, you might, if you have digestive, digestive issues, your dog might too. Um, so with the separation anxiety, a lot of times it's because if the human is like, oh my gosh, like, is my dog okay? I, I, I'm usually home, but now I'm not, you know, put every, you know, they're back at work now. So like if the human's kind of freaking out, the animal's picking that up, even when they're not together. So I just read a book the other day of this girl. She was um, checking her, her security camera like a hundred times a day to see if her dog was okay. Mm. And the dog was so anxious and like would whine the whole time. And then once she worked on herself and being okay with being away from him, everything changed. So to, when I communicate with animals, when that comes up, the number one key, and this is one of the tips that we'll also cover again later is giving your animals details. So why are you leaving? Where are you going? What are you going to be doing? When will you be back? Like you wouldn't just leave a human family member and not say bye. You wouldn't just like dip out. You would tell them, okay, you know, bye babe or bye honey. I'm going to work. Mm. Like, so doing the same thing with our animals. And what I found is I get so many messages after communications and the people are like, oh my gosh, like I told my animal where I was going and what I was doing. And the house was perfect when I got home. There was not a mess. Like it really can be as simple as just giving them details. So when you give them details, do you talk to them? Do you give them visualizations? I will say that mm -hmm. I had an animal communicator on the show recently, and I asked her the question as well, because I was really interested. One of the things that she said mm -hmm. is you can, when you're out, send them almost like yep. visions of what you're doing and where you're mm -hmm. going. But I never thought of relaying my entire journey to my dog before I left, which actually might so, yeah. Well, so what you just said with the other animal communicator, which is a good point too, is when we speak, we are constantly forming mental images in our mind. So if I say to you, I was at the beach this morning, I'm thinking of the beach in my head. We, ha we have all these images that we form. So by saying to our dog, I'm going to the grocery store, we're going to think of where we're going. They receive that image. So match having your words match up with what you're saying really makes a world of difference. Like you don't want to say, I'm not leaving you forever. I'll be back. Like, what does that, that there's no image. You can't form an, an image in your mind for a negative statement. I'm not leaving you forever. You're not, there's nothing to think of, but if you say, I'm going to work, I'll be back. You're in your mind, you're picturing yourself driving to work and then driving back. And then your animal's like, Oh, okay. She's going to leave, but then she's going to come back. Mm. So you don't have to actually give your animal detail, like word for word about your whole day's <laughs> actions, but simply saying, 
I'm going for, I'm going to work now, I'll be back at 5.30. They'll get that. Like there's been times where if I go away for the weekend and I forget to like clue my animal in, my dog in, I don't do this anymore because it's like my whole world now, but I would come home and he would ignore me for two days. Like he was pissed. Yeah. So then, you know, fast forward, like a, a month or so later, I went to the beach with my mom for the week, the weekend. And I told him, Donald, I'm going to the beach with my mom. I'm going to be back on Sunday at 5.30. My husband told me, and I did this every day for like a week before I left. My husband told me on Sunday at 5.20, Donald went to the door and was like looking in the driveway. Like he knew I was coming home in 10 minutes. Like it was, you can't make this stuff up. It's awesome. Oh my God. So it's that simple. It really is that simple. I love that so much. That makes me feel better because I'm going away soon and I feel, I guess, a little bit of anxiety for him around that, but I think I'll just, mm-hmm. yeah, just deal with it the way that you've mentioned it. I don't need to, it's funny. Cause when you're reading online and you get a new animal, there are all these tips and tricks from people about what to do. And very often it's actually not very good advice. You know, like some people well, say, just leave your animal. Don't say anything. Don't acknowledge them at all. And other people are awful. like, yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> What you can do, which is what I do, and it, it works awesome because saying to your animal, I'm going to the beach for a week and I'm going to be back in, on Saturday. Like that's kind of hard. They don't experience time the way that we do. So what I do is I, in my mind, I picture how many suns, how many sun rises and sets. So I'll say to my dog, I'm going to be gone for four sleeps. And what that means is the sun is going to rise and set four times, rise and set, rise and set. So in my mind, when I say I'll be gone for four sleeps that's giving my animal an image okay we're gonna have four days right sun rising and setting four times that's how i convey like how long i'll be gone so it's just whatever works for you to be able to convey a valid image to them to understand what's going on that's a great tip thank you so much i love that this episode has been brought to you by the afterlight institute ignite the light magic and miracles within When you're communicating with an animal, I know one of the things you mentioned is you don't want to know the age of the animal. In your experience, have you found that animals at different ages communicate differently? Like do young ones use different, uh, give you different impressions? Are they more bubbly? Do old ones, are they kind of like tired and grumpy? Or is it just based on the animal and their personality? So it really is, it really depends um, sometimes if I'm communicating with a puppy, like, I don't want to know the age because I don't want to go into it being like, oh, they're a puppy. They're going to have a lot of energy or, oh, they're 15. Wow. They're like, might be slower. I don't want to know that because then like, am I making that up or is that coming through? So yeah, when I connect with an animal, it's not really so much me connecting with their conscious mind. It's more like their spirit, their essence of them. So yes, of course, sometimes when I connect, when I later find out it's a puppy, I can feel this puppy is ramped up. He has a ton of energy. Like he's never tired and then goes, goes, goes. And then bam, he's out like asleep. Um, (laughs) Other times I talk to animals and I'm like, wow, this guy is like really wise. Like he probably runs the world, you know, like it's, (laughs) so there's definitely a mixture of both of those. Um, But for, but in, in like regard to how they communicate, it's literally the exact same. Okay, cool. I I love, I find that horse. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Talk to me about horses. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say that I find that all animals have advice for their humans. They all have recommendations and tips for how you can better your life. And that's a question I always ask in my sessions. you know, do you have any advice for your mom or dad? And it's hysterical what they tell me. Um, But I find that a lot of horses offer like deep, like emotional wisdom. And it's pretty cool. Dogs and cats do it too, but horses like some, so I've had some sessions with horses where for like 15 minutes, they're just like shedding wisdom on like how the human can improve their life and what this means. And it's really, it's really awesome. Wow. Like what, can you give me some examples of, you know, what animals have said? Yeah. So, okay. So I'll start with the, the funny, the funny stuff. A dog this morning told me that his dad needs to get a tongue scraper and take care of his mouth better. Hysterical. They've meant they've commented on the toothpaste not being sufficient. They've a cat told me that his mom really is obsessed with ice cream and needs to stop. And she, I didn't know this, but she later told me she was eating a bowl of ice cream every single day. And so like, it's just funny stuff like that. Like I always joke, I'm like, to some extent, there's really no privacy if I'm talking to your dog or your animal, because like, you know, if if you're doing something that's not good for you and I ask them, they're going to tell me, you know, like, um, 
there's been times where animals tell me like they're there. I can feel like the sadness that their humans are holding regarding an event, regarding some event or some loss. And they talk about how the human can get beyond that and drop the emotion. So it really covers everything from like the simplest, your toothpaste is awful, change the um, batteries and the smoke alarm. Like it's just hysterical, really. It's awesome is I talked to two dogs, our dog the other day in he was alive and I didn't remember this because I don't remember what I say in the communication because I'm just channeling it. If I try and focus on what I'm saying, I block the flow. But while they, while the humans were listening, they heard the smoke alarm beep go off like the battery was dying. And as they heard that, I said to the dog and, and this, they were, I had done this an hour prior. They were listening to the recording. I said to the dog, do you have any advice for dad? And the dog said he needs to change the battery and the smoke alarm. And everyone started busting out laughing because literally two seconds before I said that it beeped. I, you know, it's just, it's so funny. It's, it's just awesome. That's awesome. I, I would imagine you would have been like, I'm validated, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And they, yeah, he told me the next day I was, and I was just laughing. I'm like, this is so cool. It's, it's pretty. And like, there's times where I'll, I'll ask an animal question and they'll tell me the answer. And then they'll say to me, when mom listens to this, she's going to bust out laughing. And I get so many emails where they respond back and they're like, I was cracking up when I heard this. And then you said that my animal told me I was going to laugh when they said this. And I like peed myself. It's so, so with that, the animals are seeing into the future and knowing the human's response to what I'm saying now. It's just fascinating. Oh my God. It's almost like we don't give them enough credit. Do we? Yo, yeah, no, they are so wise. And even, even the animals where we think, oh, they're kind of not really all there. They are because there's so much more to this physical reality. You know, they're the spirit essence. They're directly connected to source. I mean, they're just, they know a lot more. And that's one of the, the most common thing that I hear back from humans after they've listened to a communication is they had no idea how perceptive and observant their animal was to their world and their own. Like it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is incredible. It does make you think about, well, everything in a completely different way. Do you find that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe small animals like insects or sorry, they're not animals, but insects and reptiles and things like that. Have you ever communicated with them? Do you look at them in the similar way as you would say a wise horse? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's been times where I'm like walking on the sidewalk and I'm about to step down and I hear, ah, and I'm like, what? And then I, I don't step. I, I move my foot and I was about to crush a snail. Like, so they know, um, there's been times where I've been in my back room reading and I like feel the distress of a fly. And the other day, it was probably a couple months ago. Now the fly was stuck between the window and the screen and he was trying to get out. And I heard him like, calling for help. So they all communicate with us. It's just kind of tapping in and allowing yourself to hear it. Wow. I would imagine that you are a vegetarian. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you eat fish? No, I don't eat. I'm vegan, totally vegan. I started out before I got into the animals. I was going vegetarian just because of digestive distress. I just couldn't, I couldn't digest meat. I already couldn't handle cheese. And then the deeper I got into my work with the animals, it was just totally vegan just for me, because I spend my days talking to them. I'm like, I don't want to eat you, you know, but that's, you know, for me personally. Yeah. Uh, You sort of mentioned that at the beginning of your journey, you kind of realized you had a connection with birds. And I wanted to ask you about that because when I was a kid, I had an incident with a bird and it's not even that traumatic, but it sat on my head. It was like in the wild and it sat on my head, but it, it literally traumatized me from my up to now, basically, although my fear has dissipated now. And again, it's not as strong as it was at one point. So I guess I'm wondering about animals and fears of animals. You know, are there ways that you can recommend that people can get over their fears? Sometimes people get bit by a dog and now they're afraid of dogs Mm -hmm. and they're emitting that energy or people, you know, are afraid of birds um, or any kind of animal, really. So is there sort of a strategy that you would recommend for people to kind of work through that? Do they need to try to communicate with the animal of that nature a little bit more to get to know them or... It's kind of twofold, threefold, maybe. So with that is 
first of all, a bird landing on your head is awesome because he felt confident enough and <laughs> secure enough with you to land on you. So I know it was traumatizing, but when you think about it, it's like, wow, this bird felt secure enough to like come into my space. But, um, so what I recommend, like one of my friends is really afraid of birds and cause she got attacked by a goose when she was a child. So she actually bought, she has 13 chickens and two roosters because she wow. wants to get over the fear. So she can't pet them. Like she, she, they have their own little pen and she has a beautiful property and they're happy, but she's doing this to try and get over them. So, but she gets scared when they fly to her. So what I was telling her is when you're with them, ask them to please be calm, to not flap the wings. Cause that scares you. And she said the next day that when she came out, they all kept their wings and they just wobbled over her and didn't flap, didn't fly. So it's working with the animals and really yourself, because there's a reason why deep down that you have that fear. So it's like, okay, why was I really, really young? Why was that traumatizing to me? What does that make me think of now? I mean, spiders creep me out, you know, I'm working on it. I don't kill them. I always save them, but it's like, they're so tiny. Why do they freak me out? So really it from, I mean, the way to kind of get over that stuff is really just to ask yourself, okay, why does this scare me? And like, like writing it out, like, okay, this happened. Do I want to get beyond it? Yes. Okay. How can I get beyond it? And for you, maybe watching the birds and just seeing them interact and seeing how their movements are so intricate and they're really harmless. I mean, sure. Some birds are huge and can be vicious if they need to be, but that's because they need to, to survive. So like what you mentioned with the fearing, like if someone gets bit by a dog, if you're scared of something or you have fear and you're always thinking about it or always worried about it, it's going to come to you more because you're always thinking about it. And a lot of times, like I'm allergic to cats and wherever I go, the cats will come up to me and I'm like, dude, I really want to pet you, but like, I want to be able to breathe. So it's because they know and they want to like help you. But I mean, yeah, if I was around cats all the time, would I get over it? Probably. But animals often want to help us. So if you're really afraid of dogs, you might find that the dogs are always coming up to you because they want to teach you like, Hey, I'm not going to hurt you. Mm. Yeah, true. So you've mentioned in our conversation, cows, flies, horses, cats, dogs. Do you have a favorite animal that you love to speak with? Do you find that, you know, based on the type of animal it is, they have a different type of personality? Um, no, I love all of them. I mean, they all have thoughts on how we can improve their life. I'm a dog lover. So like, that's cool. But I, you know, I love all of them. So it's just fun hearing their perspective and they all come through just the same. Um, some are more chatty than others, but that's just like humans, you know? Um, I'm trying to think if I have like a favorite communication that sticks in. Oh, I talked to a dog in spirit the other week and I said, is there something that your humans can do to improve the house or something? Or no, I said, is there something in the, in the house you don't like? I always ask animals that whether they're here or in spirit. And the animal said, there's a runner underneath the kitchen table. It's totally useless. Why is it there? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like I've learned, I just say whatever comes through. So the human, we had a phone call after and she was cracking up because she said to her husband for the past like week, she had been saying, why is this runner here? It's totally useless. It was the exact phrase that the dog had used. So the, so the wife is like, we're getting rid of it. Petunia even said so. So it's like, they all just have just hilarious comments and, and things to share. It's just, you can't pick a favorite because it's all just so awesome. That's so funny. So what are some of your favorite animal stories? Do you have any in particular that you wanted to share or have you already sort of mentioned them in our conversation today? No, yeah, definitely. So Finnegan, a cat, um, adorable cat, he, for like three weeks, he was kind of being sluggish. And then for the last three days, he literally just laid in mom's bed and wasn't moving. And she had gone to the vet so many times. They ran test after test after test and everything was normal. Kind of like what happens with humans sometimes, right? When you have like a medical issue, but really it's emotional. But anyway, I connected in with Finnegan and immediately he drew, he brought my attention to his lower right hand tooth in the back. And he said, there's an infection under my tooth. And I continued on with the communication just to make sure that there was nothing else going on. And the whole time he kept bringing me back to this tooth. So I said to the human, I was like, he has an infection under his tooth. It's that simple. Like once that's clear, he's going to be good. 
So she took him to the vet and they didn't want to check his teeth because they said, no, it's not his teeth. His teeth are fine. It's digestive. It's digestion issues. And the girls or the girl's husband said, listen, my, she, they didn't want to say an animal communicator told me the cat yeah. said his tooth hurts. <laughs> so they said, the husband said, my wife is really connected to her cat. You have to check the teeth. So sure enough, he has a really bad infection in the bottom right-hand tooth. Wow. And that's exactly what he said. So it's just so cool when things like that happen because sometimes it's the simplest thing and he's getting the tooth pulled soon. So I'm hoping that he has a full recovery like really quick and which is just super awesome. Um, I have some fun things I have written down. Oh, I talked to a pig the other day, Jackson and his, his humans wanted me to talk to him because he's been having bouts of aggression lately and they wanted to know what was up and why he was super grumpy. They actually said he's been in grumpy moods lately, what's going on. So I connected in, did, did my body scan, everything as usual. And he said, I'm pissed that my bed moved. And I'm like, all right. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, well, what happened? He was an indoor pig, only lived in the house. So I'm like, all right, so where did it go? And he says, I don't know, but it's in a different spot and I don't like it. And I want to go back to where it was. So I, I was like, all right. So I continued on. I later found out that the whole family is now living in an RV and they're traveling. So yeah, his bed moved, his whole house changed. And he said, and I, I did a follow-up after and he's like, no one consulted me on this. Why was I not asked my opinion? Like they have thoughts, you know? And so he just wanted his bed back. So I told the humans, I'm like, you need to inform Jackson what's going on. Like, does he understand that you're not going to be living in the RV forever? Or is he thinking, because I mean, they're outside, they're in parks, so he's getting outside, but sometimes they just need extra details to understand. What's another fun one? Oh, this is really cool. So I talked to Chase, the dog. He was in spirit. Um, I don't know when he passed, but I always ask animals in spirit if they are doing something to alert their humans that they're saying hello. And they always are. So Chase said, tell mom that when I bop her on the butt, I'm saying hello. So I'm like, all right. So I later, his mom sent me an email after the fact. And she said, no way, Nick. I was out with my girlfriend in the park the other week. And I literally felt something touch my butt. And I looked behind me and I said to my friend, something just touched me on my butt. So now she knows when that happens, it's her, her late dog saying, Hey mom, I'm good. So it's just so heartfelt. Some of the messages that come through, it really is. Oh, I love it. And I can just say that you have such a beautiful light when you're speaking, you can just see the pure undulated joy in these stories that you share. I just, it's so awesome to see that you're just like, yeah, on the right path. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Can we kind of change up the, um, the narrative a little bit and talk a bit about animals and, um, passing over transitioning death? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little sure. bit about that. I know that, you know, sometimes humans have to put their animals down and there might be a lot of guilt associated with that. Have, have mm-hmm. you ever talked to an animal that's about to go through that? Is there any tips or advice that you might have for people that have done that previously and are still harboring that guilt or might have to make that dis- difficult decision in the future? Yeah, definitely. So I deal with this issue all the time, because like you said, if we have to put our animals down, we have, did did I do it? Was it, was I, was it too soon? Was it too late? Is that what they wanted? Or on the flip side, sometimes people don't put their animal down and the animal dies naturally. And then they still have guilt thinking that they waited too long. Um, In my experience with talking to the animals, what I have learned is that they are never, literally never mad that they're put down ever. And in fact, what they say is that when often what happens is we're thinking, okay, I think it might be time to put my dog down, my cat down. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, yes, it's time like right now. And what the animals have told me is that they literally implant that into your mind. Like I am ready and they make it known. So what they have told me is that it's near, it's it's actually impossible for you to put your dog down if they aren't ready for it, because you will know otherwise. And on my social media, I have one of my highlights on my Instagram is pet afterlife. And I have so many posts about this because it really, it really hits us like deep in the heart, you know, with the guilt and the shame. Um, But they're never upset and they always are still with us. And that's so cliche sometimes to say, oh, they're happier and they're still with us, but like they really are. I mean, they explain your house, they have advice for you. So just knowing in your heart that if you had to do that, 
they're okay with that because you wouldn't have made the decision if they weren't okay with it because you guys are connected at the soul heart level. Right. So you wouldn't have come up with the idea. Right. Exactly. Or if you were thinking of it and it wasn't the right time, they would have told you, you would have known that you would have, something would have happened and you would have been like, you know what? No, it's not, it's not time yet. Mm. So it's, it's learning to just trust your heart because you are connected to your animal. You'll know. It doesn't make it any easier. It's still awful, you know, but at least, you know, that they're on board with you. Right. Are there ways that you can connect with your animal after they've passed over, like in your dreams? Can you ask them for signs to, to kind of assure you that they're, they're still around, that they're okay. Can you ask them to come and, you know, nudge you in the butt? Yeah, absolutely. So what I always recommend to my human clients is asking first, because asking is key, whether you ask or not, they're doing something to get your attention. It's just, are you seeing it? So often some of us, we might hear their bark and we're like, oh my gosh, I just heard Donald bark. And you're like, oh, I'm just missing him. It was a coincidence, but no, sometimes they come through in sounds. So they, they give you that bark. But then if you, if you receive the message and then you're like, oh, I was just missing them. You know, you kind of blow it off. They're like, okay, mom's not getting that. Let me try something else. Mm. So the more that you trust and accept what you're getting, then you'll get more of that. And, and then you'll really know. But if you are always doubting, they're going to keep changing up what they're doing to try and get your attention. It just makes it more difficult. So trusting what you get. Um, if you hear their footprints come down the hallway, like know that's them. Or before you go to bed, you know, ask for a visitation. Again, going back to just ask. Beautiful. So I guess I'm wondering, you know, we have our spirit guides and our angels. Do you Mm -hmm. kind of put animals in the same sort of category? Like animals really are here to help us live our best life. Can we, we've talked about animals, you know, who have passed over letting us know that they're around, Mm -hmm. but can they also assist us in, you know, getting what we want manifesting and in, in living our best life. And how about our animals that are still here living as well? Can we rely on them or ask them for their assistance in that way? Oh yeah. So my one dog, Donald, I had, I used to have an eating disorder and it kind of was hidden from myself because it really didn't start off. Like I didn't want to eat the food to get fat. It was, I just, everything hurt me but I still wanted to eat it to taste it. And then I would throw up and then I just got worse and worse. So my dog, Donald, it got really bad for a period of time. And he started pooping on my bed and then he would come like, and he would, he literally, he didn't like me going in the bathroom because he knew. So he would poop on my bed and I had been wanting to stop. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is not good for me. And then he started doing that. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I started realizing every time I would go into the bathroom, even just to pee, he would come in and he wouldn't leave. He would lay in between the doorway of the bathroom and the hallway. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm hurting my dog. And that's how I got over it. Like instantly. I said to him, Donald, I will never do this to myself ever again. And I, from that day forward, I never did. And he stopped pooping on my bed. So our animals here, like they are our master teachers. Absolutely. And then our animals and spirits, so often they say to me, you know, I, especially if they die really young, often they pass because what they were here to do with you, they could only accomplish so much while they were here, but now they're in spirit and they really can assist you. So they are super spirit guides for sure. Oh, that's so emotional for some reason. (laughs) So beautiful. They're yeah. They're just (laughs) our little helpers forever. Do you believe that we have soul contracts with our animals that we choose them before they come down? So I just finished a book called soul contracts with animals. It's so funny. You just asked that. Um, Yes, because like sometimes we have like this deep connection, like with Donald, I have two dogs, love them both dearly, but it's like, I, I definitely had past lives with Donald for sure. Um, I think he was a horse in a past life, but it's like, sometimes this connection, you're like, this is deeper than this physical reality. So did we like meet before we came into the physical body? I don't really know because like, I'm still here and I don't really know how to wrap my head around all of this, but it's like some animals, you know, it's just like, there is more to this than just me, like having this bond with you right here. That's so good. So why do you think it's important to learn to communicate with your animal? And do you have any tips and tricks for our listener at home to maybe get started? If this is something that they haven't attempted to do before. Yeah. So it's definitely important because 
you know, nine times out of 10, if we have an animal, it's because we love that animal and we want to have a relationship with them. So by communicating with them, you're improving their life exponentially. You're improving your life. You're deepening your bond with your animal. So it really just kind of completes the circle. I have um, my free five tips. I think we'll be able to give people that or the links for that after this somehow. It's all yes. my, it's, it's available for you. So some of those tips is one, they already understand you. So speaking to them, giving details like we talked about before, because they know what's going on. Animals, no matter what language you're speaking, you're forming mental images in your mind. So they're picking up on what you're saying. And that kind of goes into the second tip of make sure what the words coming out of your mouth are matching what you're saying. So if you're trying to get your dog to not jump on the couch, you don't want to say to them, don't jump on the couch. Because when you say that, the image in your mind is them jumping on the couch. Mm -hmm. What you want to say is keep your paws on the ground, because then what you're saying is matching the image in your mind. So when I say keep your paws on the ground, I'm picturing them with their paws on the ground. So the, the number one tip is the words matching the image in the mind. Like if your dog runs away, you don't want to say, stop running away. You want to say, come back. stand by my leg. Yeah. Yes. Or not even, even beyond come back. It's come next right. to my foot. Don't go in the first like place. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you, you know, like you're sending them an image of like what you want because animals, they'll hear what we say, but they also see what we're thinking. So with the couch thing, if you're saying don't jump on the couch, but you're sending them an image of them jumping on the couch, they're going to jump on the couch thinking you want them to jump on the couch. And they're like, why am I getting yelled at? I'm doing what she was thinking. So it's just staying consistent with that. Magic powers are not required. Like we can all <laughs> do it. It's just practicing. Yeah. And I mean, do you ever do any kind of tests? Like, do you ever, sometimes when I see George and I, I see him and I'm trying to talk to him with my mind. So we're like staring at each other and I'm trying to get him to do stuff. And he, he pretty much doesn't. Cause I, I really think he's like a grumpy old man in like a seven month year old body. <laughs> he just wants to do what he wants to do. But yeah. anyway, are there like little tests or little tricks that you can kind of do to know that this is actually working? <laughs> So it's harder with your own because like what you just said, like there's been times where I'll be in the room and I'll, I'll think of Merlin. I'll be like, Hey, Mer, if you can hear me, get up. And he doesn't move. He doesn't even look like he's super comfortable. Why would he want to get up? You know? So I still try it. And I'm like, Hey, just like turn your head and look at me. Yeah. And then there's, there was one time where he was, I kept doing it and he got so pissed because he'd let out this, like this, like, and he's like a teacup poodle. He's like seven pounds. He let out this, like, <clears throat> And like looked at me and then like dug himself deeper into where he was like, stop talking to me. <laughs> so they, they hear what we're saying, but they might not care to be like, no, I'm not going to play these games with you. I'm not performing for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, keep trying because eventually stuff's going to happen. And you're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. They just heard me. And then you feel more confident and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This is cool. And then just the connection builds and deepens. That's so great. I love that so much. Well, we are already at our hour. I've got to say what a fabulous conversation. I've learned so much. My face hurts from smiling. So, so <laughs> great. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to mention that you wanted to, you know, a lasting impression or thought that you wanted to leave our listeners with? Just that for our animals that have passed as hard as it is to truly know that they are here with you and that they want you to smile. And like, we grieve the physical body not being here, but like, they are so around you. And I get goosebumps just thinking about it because like it, it really is. So just kind of sitting down and opening up your heart. So sticking your chest out, shoulders down, because if you're clenched like this, it's harder for them to get in, right? So you gotta open up the heart, let them in, and then more can come through, just like with anything else in life. And Beautiful. it'll just bring you such peace. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, I know you do have a freebie as well that you mentioned with some great tips. How can people get that? Mm -hmm. I'll put links to everything in the show mm -hmm. notes as well. How can people connect with you? And then I would imagine that you're also available for readings for people all over the world considering. Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah. It's all through pictures so wherever you are. Um, I have Instagram and Facebook and it's at Nikki Vasquez 11, the number 11. So Nikki Vasquez one, one and the link in my bio 
will bring you to my link tree, which Lauren has. Yep. And I have a free five tips of how to talk to animals and a free pet a re- free recording of my pet grief workshop. My husband and I did a webinar for those grieving the loss of an animal a couple of weeks ago. And that's there for you too. So all of that's there. My um, Every time I do a communication, I try to post a picture of the animal and something fun that happened in the communication. So that's really cool to check out. But I'm all on Facebook and social media. And then my website is NikkiVasquez.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I've loved speaking with you today. Thank you, Lauren. Me as well. Thanks for having me. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.